Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Dr. Lee Warren here with you on 12 September 2023. And it's not Tuesdays with Tata. I was in San Antonio and visiting great grandkids and his daughter. My sister in law, Jessica, just had her appendix out. So we're praying for you, Jessica. And I have a heavy heart as I'm speaking to you today. I have, I told you, alluded yesterday on the podcast to the fact that we had another sort of massive thing. I hate to use that type of language around something like this, but but we had another event that was really hard for us. Um, and I know that because you listen to the show and you hear us talk about it all the time, you're going to want to know this. And so it's, it's time to tell you now that Lisa's home, we wanted a little bit of time to collect about this together, but it's time to tell you that Harvey and Lewis, the super pups, have died. They were sick for a while and losing weight and not doing well. And in that weakened state, they went out to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. They were not sleeping well, so I let them out to go to the bathroom. And and they got in some type of altercation with a group of coyotes, and they were killed. And so we've lost Harvey and Lewis. And I didn't have the heart to change the intro to the podcast and take the super pups out. Um, And if it's okay with you, I'm going to just leave that for a while. But you know what? It's hard when you lose a pet. And it sounds silly. They just became such a part of our life. It sounds silly to call that a massive thing. But I know that it is. And there's a lot of people that when they lose a pet, it really is a devastating kind of life-altering thing. And it's just part of this tapestry of suffering that we go through. And so I... I thought for today that we could talk just a little bit about suffering and a little bit about what suffering does and what it's for and and what it's not for. And and so I just wanted to share that news with you, and I know you'll be sad with us and for us, and we're okay. Obviously, we've been through much harder things than losing our dogs, but it was just another one of those things, and I was just mopey and grumpy on Sunday, and I was kind of just, God, why? You know, why this thing? These dogs are supposed to live 12 to 14 years, and we only got them for three years. And what's why does there have to be so many hard things? Why is there so much suffering? And even while I was saying it out loud, I recognized the the two problems with it. Number one, I've already dealt with this whole problem of suffering innumerable ways with patients and families and my experience with PTSD, and I've gone through a divorce and I lost a child, and all those things are infinitely magnitudes more suffering than this, but it just, it was one of those days when my, I must have been down in my limbic brain and and I was just frustrated and talking to God like that. And the second way that it's incorrect is not only is it by scale and, and relative weight, it's not the kind of suffering that you write books about or that really tends to devastate people's lives. But at the same time, it's not true in a theological sense that God causes these things to happen or that that he wishes them upon us. He doesn't allow them. He allows things to happen, but he doesn't put his thumb on you and make something happen like that. And and so I, I started thinking about this concept of, of suffering and what it's like, and we've talked about it a lot on the show before, but, but I just want to give you just a couple of thoughts about how suffering can actually help us and how suffering can refine us in some ways. And so the question always is, right, when we're going through something hard, as I just wrote in in Hope is the First Dose, I wrote about this, like the question always is with suffering, is it going to define us or is it going to refine us? Is it going to be defining of our lives? Is it going to be refining of our lives? Is the hardship that we're going through going to 
enable us to become more Christ-like and conform to Him, or is it going to make us abandon our faith or fall apart or, or crumble under the weight of it? And we've talked a lot about that over the years here, but just a couple of thoughts this morning. This is going to be a short episode, and I'm, I'm not going to say that there's a whole theology of suffering to be built around losing a pet. It's not that. It just it was an example of something that made me realize this conversation I was having with myself and how it was off off base, really. And I just wanted to share a couple things about that with you. I have some other news. You guys are crazily downloading the podcast now that I've fixed whatever was wrong with Substack and switched to a different host. So much that today for the very first time, the, my podcast that you're listening to now, Self-Brain Surgery with Dr. Lee Warren, is ranked in the top 200 on the Apple podcast rankings, which has never happened before. I'm right up there next to, uh, right behind John MacArthur and all kinds of people like that. And th- that's just an incredible thing for a self-produced podcast done from home with no sponsors. Y'all are downloading it like crazy, and I appreciate it so much. It's, it must be hopefully that we're on this journey together and it's helping people. And so I just want to tell you that was a little grace to see that in this time that when we're hurting and sad, it was just a little grace moment to see that this message is resonating with a lot of folks around the country and that you're listening and that you're engaging and and we appreciate it so much. And if you would do me one favor besides your prayers, do me the favor if you, wherever you listen to the podcast, if you would hit that subscribe button, subscriptions do a lot of things good for podcasts. Number one is the more subscribers, the more the podcast is going to show up on directories and listings when people are searching for podcasts about hope or neuroscience or faith or doubt or grief or loss or any of those things. They're much more likely to find it when there's more subscribers. Okay, so that those things show up based on how many people are subscribing. And the other thing it does is it increases the floor on the downloads every day so that If you subscribe, you'll automatically get the download of the episode. And if you don't, then you'll only get it when you check in to your app once in a while and click on an episode. And so what happens then is the the floor, the number of daily downloads goes up when you have more subscribers. And the reason that's valuable is because the more downloads, the more it shows up in directories, the more it shows up in top 100 or 200 lists. And that only matters. I don't get some award for that. I don't make more money for it. But it matters because when it's on a list like that, when people are searching for new podcasts and it shows up on a list that they can find on Apple or Spotify or somewhere else like that, then all of a sudden more people are finding out about the show. If you guys agree with me, if you, my friend, agree with me, I just said you guys, and I don't mean I'm, I'm talking to an individual, but I've always thought about it that way. But the collective group of individuals that are listening to this, if you agree with me that this message is helpful to people and that we can help each other change our minds and change our lives. We are going to inspire to rewire, as the the famous phrase says, we inspire each other to rewire our brains and help each other. Just blanked out on when I said famous phrase. It is a famous phrase, and I'm completely blanking out on who said that. It's the guy who founded interpersonal neurobiology, and I just can't think of his name right now. And since we're in the middle of a recording, I'm not going to stop and look it up, but I'll find it for you sometime. But this concept is once you understand how important it is to rewire your brain, to change your mind, and change your life, then you need to help inspire other people to do it too because that's where real 
change is going to be found is if we all stop worrying about being relative to each other and we start working about improving ourselves, then things are really going to get better. So today we're going to talk a little bit about suffering, a little bit about how we can change our lens a little bit on what suffering is. And we're going to make a decision. Am I going to be defined or refined by this? Because I'm ready to change my mind and I'm ready to change my life and I'm ready to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, okay, we're back. I told you, I think yesterday or day before, that there this idea from Dan Harris is that you can get about 10% happier if you learn this sort of Eastern meditation hack of calming your brain down and putting a little space in between the thought that pops into your head and the way that you respond to it, right? Dan Harris has made millions of dollars from his book, 10% Happier, and the podcast and the business behind that, all the journals and everything. And their idea is let's just get a little bit happier and our lives will feel better, right? And I told you the reasons I don't think that's adequate because if you go through something really hard other than just a little anxiety or a little discomfort from time to time. 10% is not enough, right? And you can get significantly happier by learning enough neuroscience to understand how your mind and your brain interact with your body. And you can learn how to be significantly happier and more whole and more resilient and more joyful and all those things. But I believe if you add the spiritual element in, you can become almost infinitely happier because if happiness is defined by a set of things that you think you need to have or have access to or accomplish or whatever, then if that's your definition of happiness, then you're never really going to get it because as soon as you get something, you're going you're gonna to change the target. If you think I need a million likes on my Facebook post and you get a million, then the next thought is going to be, I hope I get a million tomorrow because if I don't, that means I'm losing popularity or I need to get two million now to really prove to myself that I made it. That those things never stick around. The target always changes. So that can't be how you define happiness. But when I talk about happiness, I'm talking about the biblical concept, makarios, that Jesus said in the Beatitudes, like, this stuff will make you happy. Why? Because it comes true. Because when you fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart because your heart changes to become like his. And so when we come back around to all of that, Christian hope is based on the idea that we are following a person who overcame all the things that we need to overcome, and we can too because he did, okay? Now, there's an Eastern view. I got this idea from Kurt Thompson who wrote this incredible book, The Deepest Place, which I'll be sharing with you. I'm going to try to get him on my podcast. 
he's a, a practitioner, as we talked earlier, of, of interpersonal neurobiology. He's a psychiatrist and just a tremendous writer. And he said, whereas an Eastern view of suffering responds by emptying one's mind of desire as to minimize its frustration, Western approach seeks to mitigate suffering by overcoming it altogether. Neither posture imagines that suffering is actually to be used as part of what enables us to become more fully human. Now, listen to that carefully. Eastern idea of meditation is to stop listening to all the voices in your head, to just stop listening and and be quiet, right? Empty your mind, even of desire. Like I remember reading Dennis Prager's book about happiness, and he said you can be a lot happier if you just never set any expectations for yourself. Then you won't ever be sad when they don't come true. And that's just crazy. Like you can't say I, I would be a lot happier if all my kids live to bury me someday. And then Dennis Prager comes along and says, well, that's not going to make you happy because if one of them dies and you can't be happy anymore. So the best answer is to just not expect any of them to live. And then you won't be sad when one of them dies. That's silly. As much as I think Dennis Prager is a smart guy, he's done some crazy things lately, but he's a smart, intelligent person. But that's a silly idea. The truth is you need expectations. And the most important one you need to have is that the things that God promised you in the Bible really are true. Okay. That's, that's where you can really place hope. An Eastern view of suffering is this idea of just get rid of desire. The Western idea, the, the godless, postmodern, post-Christian Western idea is just let's create a society where nobody ever suffers, right? Let's create a society where nobody ever hurts. Well, that's impossible, obviously. It's not going to happen. And so you'll just be sadder and sadder when you see it not coming true. And you'll start seeing these things like we're seeing now where, oh, if society's not working the way we want it to, then we need to become more totalitarian and force people to do the things that we think will make them happy. And that's never played out very well. You look at the history of socialism and communism throughout history and see how well that works. And then see if you think our efficient government could make it any better. Maybe you don't. I don't think so. Okay. So we have to find a path of suffering then, an understanding of suffering. It's not about just emptying our, our minds of desire so that we never suffer because our desires aren't met. And it's also not about trying to create some life where we'll never have any suffering because we don't get to live in bubbles, okay? And here's what the Bible says about it. This is Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only that, But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I'm not preaching to you, but that'll preach right there all day long. Hope doesn't put us to shame. Why? Because the things we hope for are really true. And they turn out to be true in the end. The promises we latch on to actually happen. And they work out in your life in a way that you can see and that are tangible. When God says he's close to the brokenhearted and you get your heart broken, he will be there. When God says that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, guess what? Eventually, you start seeing the ways. I shared with you yesterday this long narrative arc of all the crazy and bad and harmful things that have happened in my life. And yet they land on hope as the first dose. There's a path where good things can happen where somebody's reading my book right now in some some place in the world and they're desperate for hope and they find it in my words and that book happened because of a whole string of things that happened before that I couldn't even see how they could possibly ever produce good things or be connected. But they were. 
long narrative arc produced hope. And what God says is suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And, a, and it's a hope that doesn't disappoint. Isaiah, in Isaiah 48.10, God says, See, I have refined you, though not as silver is refined. I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. When I was going through PTSD, when I was going through my divorce, I, I didn't appreciate the furnace, and I didn't thank God for it. I didn't see how it could ever turn out to be beneficial to me. But on the backside of it, I saw myself becoming a better person. And when I married Lisa, because I had suffered and I had seen what happens in, in your life and how what God can do and how he can change and redeem you. And I'm better as a person and I'm better as a surgeon than I was before I went to war. And I'm better as a human being than I was before I went through PTSD because God refined me. And then I lost a child. And I realized that I was burning alive in a furnace that did not feel like refinement. But I came through it. And guess what? All those previous trips had burned some of the stuff away from me that might have made it impossible for me to survive losing a child. Like Some of the parts of my character that weren't ready to go through a big trauma, big massive thing like that before had been refined and improved by the previous hard things I had gone through, my PTSD experience, my war memories, my trouble with my first marriage, all those things had burned stuff away from me that would have made it hard for me to stand up to losing a son. But guess what? Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And you're not refined like silver. You're refined in the furnace of suffering, and it makes you better. Now, I don't mean to say it doesn't hurt, okay? This is one of those quantum physics things. It is terrible, and it's miserable. And Sunday, I was miserable. I was sad and crying, and it was nothing like losing a child. Please don't hear me saying this. I'm a man who knows the perspective here. But it hurts, right, when you lose something that you care about. And it did hurt, and it was shocking and sudden, and it was just a terrible thing. And I was grousing to God about it, and he gently reminded me because when I looked over and the storm was coming, it was going to rain all day. It started lightly raining. And I looked over the shop and there was a big, beautiful rainbow ending right in our field. It was just this visual reminder of God's promise to love us and not destroy us. And we saw that God was with us. He was with us. And he's with you too, friend. He's with you when you're hurting. Even if it's something minor, like you just can't make this bill, make the checkbook balance, you can't get this bill paid, somebody at work is annoying you, these minor things that happen, or something a little bit more major, like your dog's dying, or something truly life-shattering and devastating, like finding out you have fatal cancer or your husband's dying way before his time or, you're, or you get the phone call and you've lost your son. Those things are devastating, and they are not pleasant and God noticed that God does not say we rejoice in our sufferings because they're fun. He doesn't say that. He calls them sufferings. They are sufferings. But suffering will do something for you if you let him refine you and don't let it define you. Okay? We know people, people, and I know people who have become defined by the thing that, has, that they have gone through. 
And that's why I want to caution you. When I told you yesterday, look back through your life at all the steps you've taken, that thread, and go back as far as you can and then put those threads together like the breadcrumbs on a trail and see where you are now. And notice the times God pulled you out of that, of some situation, or God helped you, or there was a bridge that he made or a connection that he made, or you made a mistake and he rescued you and pulled you through it. And notice how you got to where you are. And some of those things that you go back and look at and remember will be hard, right? Maybe a series of failures or mistakes or sins or or issues that didn't feel like they were ever going to be okay, but you got here through that path, whatever it was. And so I just want to caution you not to look back and find shame or blame or guilt. I want you to look back and find stepping stones to where you are now. And then if where you are now is leaving you with the question of why can't I make this change, God? Why can't I finally stop drinking? Why can't I finally give up that pornography addiction? Why can't I break off this relationship that I ought not to be having and go reconcile with my spouse? Why can't I make that step? Why can't I break through in my business? Why can't I find love again. Why can't I? The answer is what got you here won't get you there. What got you here won't get you there. That's why it's time to change your mind. And that's why it's time to change your life. And it's through suffering that we produce endurance. And you need endurance in this life, don't you, friend? You've been through a few things by now. And I have too. Been through some stuff. And you need endurance. And you can't get endurance without suffering. You can't get stronger without going to the gym and suffering a little bit. You can't get stronger in emotional ways without suffering a little bit. And once you learn endurance, you start becoming a better person. You develop character. You develop the ability to really be who you say that you are. That's what character is. Integrity is like doing the things that you say. You're doing the right things even when nobody's looking. And character is being the person that everybody thinks you are even when nobody's looking, right? Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And my friend, I can give you the best treatment plan in the world for how you can make these changes in your life. I can give you the very best one. But if you don't make the changes, if you don't believe that the plan is going to work and you don't get in the hospital, get in the car and drive to the hospital and let me do that surgery or let me teach you how to do the surgery for yourself, the self-brain surgery, to be clear, (laughs) If you don't have hope that it's going to work, you'll never get there. And that's why hope is the first dose. And that's why you need to remember that you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is, on this Tuesday, and right in the middle of whatever massive thing you're going through or whatever life change you're on the precipice of, You can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.